This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 276, Codex 4 Wishlist. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. You sounded so happy, Hunter. Well, I am just a little boy, mm-hmm. and I am I've made my little Christmas <laughs> list this year. I have things that I want from Sandy mm-hmm. Claus mm-hmm. and their Twilight Imperium related things, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Santa Dane is coming to our house and the Galactic Council is on our side. Today is a Galactic Council episode. What's up, everybody? We did it. The Galactic Council said they wanted to hear our thoughts on what Codex 4 could slash should entail or just what we want it to be. And the key to this one was Hunter and I would do some thinking beforehand, whereas the previous yeah. ones were just like off the dome, let's improvise one. This one, we sat down and we had a good think. Yeah, I have it on good authority that Dane listens to the show and then steals our ideas, <laughs> pawning them off as his own. Uh-huh. We see you, Dane. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this is a this is essentially the day where we write yes. Codex Four, <laughs> and then mysteriously, a couple months from now, Dane will announce Codex Four, and it will have uh, all the things that we are going to outline today. So it's kind of a weird, kind of wag the dog sort of situation here, where we wish for it, and yep. then Dane writes it. Yep. So we sort of puppeteer Dane from the podcast. Desk, well, you know. the reality is, Dane, uh, finally some producer at FFG is like, all right, Dane, you're allowed to do Codex 4. And he's like, what? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, Milty, Matt, Hunter, what you got? Just whatever. Give it to me. Huh? What do you, what do you got for me? <laughs> I, hope yeah, everyone, I hope everyone trusts our characterization of Dane. It's definitely not wildly off base. Uh, no, definitely, it's definitely not wildly off base. Before we get into uh, this week's episode proper though uh-huh. we got a few announcements one of them uh, much to matt's chagrin <laughs> the invitational finals are scheduled yeah and they are a ways away <laughs> yeah didn't we we took too long y'all the the well here's what we learned this year is last year we got lucky turns out and the invitational happened just early enough that it was able to finish early enough uh yeah but uh, in the Twilight Imperium world, if you get after uh, Thanksgiving, say goodbye to any chance of scheduling people in the month of December. Uh, yeah. yeah. And even around the new year. So this year's Invitational Finals that took place the last couple weeks of November and the first week of December, the finals of that little mini tournament will be January 14th, Saturday, January 14th, and we're starting at 13. 1800 UTC. It's a pretty early start for Americans, but that's because we actually have a large percentage of Europeans in this year's finals. And rather than try to push them into the wee hours as we always do, 
we're gonna unfortunately make our west coasters in america wake up very early and guess what we'll still probably go very late for the europeans so everybody gets to suffer yay, yay! <laughs> everyone will be unhappy and, <laughs> and so will we we will all be unhappy sad time um if you haven't caught the first six games or the i guess the first round of the invitational tournament um some of them are on youtube now most of them will be on youtube yep. in the soon time they're in, trickling in soon. out we're slow yeah. rolling them because we got a long time to fill until those finals so two of them are on the youtube already two more are coming like this week and then there will be like two more next week so they'll, they'll all be out before christmas you can catch up on every game if you didn't get to watch it on twitch i mean they're also available on the twitch if you want to go over there the vods are up for two weeks yep. so the yep. last two games at least are still accessible but games uh uh, two and or three, three and four will be up uh, soon. So the other business to, of course, tend to is to remind you if you didn't listen to last week's episode and you want to be in next year's Patreon tournament, which is hilarious now that the idea that the invitational finals will be happening during the beginning of the Patreon tournament, whatever. Uh, I almost at one point was like, what if the six uh, finalists just treated their finals game as their qualifying? If they're if they're all qualifiers, is there any reason for it not to just be their qualifiers? match i don't know i leave that to them to decide anyways hey if you want to be a part of that tournament you need to be looking at your email inbox with the email associated with your patreon account if you use some weird spam email for patreon and then you have your special email that you check you should keep an eye on your spam email. This happens every year. It's the only reason I bring it up is people are like, oh, it went to the it went to that weird one that has like 14,000 oh. letters. Yeah, it went to my yeah. weird email. Double it check. It went to my burner email yeah. that, I, that I have just in case I need to ditch, you know? <laughs> so check that email. And on December 10th at 2000 UTC, you will receive an email with the sign-up form for the Patreon tournament. You have one week to sign up for the tournament and on December 17th at 2000 we will close signups everyone else who signs up after that will join the wait list and waitlisters as someone notably pointed out on the discord the best way to get a buy around into the prelims is to wait to sign up for the waitlist and then be very available when someone inevitably bails on the prelims yeah. and says they can't play yeah. anymore that is actually the best way to get into the prelims it has nothing to do with signing up in the first uh, probably four minutes or whatever it's wait three months and then just be available when the prelims are happening anyways uh December 17th at 2000 also will be when we reveal the slices and draft for the qualifiers so you can start getting your practice games in. Since you will know you're in the tournament, you can also start playing games. So there you go. There's all of your tournament info. We've got new slices and a new draft. And uh -huh. let me tell you, if you liked how tight, you know, tournament four and tournament three were as far as the draft, well, those days are over. We have a new draft. And guess what? You can't improve on perfection. Yeah. You can just make it dumber. And guess what? We're dumb. You are dumb. You're definitely dumb. You're listening to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We are all dumb. So we have a draft that's a little more appropriate for yep. the overall yep. yeah. dumbness of our lives and our community. Yeah. Okay. Finally, the draft we all deserve. Uh, yes. Is the teaser for this year's draft. Uh, very excited for. No. For and it. I'm just joking. By the way, the draft is actually good. It's just. It is I don't dumb. Know, a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It is. <laughs> it's a bit of a lot. It it gives you a game that will be good. Yes. But it is. It definitely seems like. 
is it worth all this work (laughs) (laughs) it is though it absolutely is okay it's going to be worth it you'll see tournament five is going to be the best and i'm going to win it yeah um i gotta remember (laughs) when to sign up it's going to be on december 10th 2000 UTC. I'm gonna be there. I did sign up for the Patreon. Okay, yep, so I sure am, did last week. I am in, <clears throat> and I am gonna do it just like you're gonna do it. Okay, yep. I haven't even looked at the form. I, I wish. Look at it. I wish you had taken the waitlist route. I wish you had tried. Like, you should have waited. <laughs> sign up for the waitlist, and then just try to get in on the prelims. You got to actually game the system. Learn how to do this, Hunter. Gosh, you're already failing. I don't know. That's the thing, Matt. Is I don't. I you know. I I know. I'm not going to pay enough attention for that. So yeah. I got to just be there on the day. Yeah. Um. I want to say this too. Uh, I am going to do some streaming this weekend. I just want to go ahead and call out. When I'm planning on streaming, um, neither I'm not going to stream any Twilight Imperium. So I'm not really <laughs> sure why I'm calling it out, but um, this is kind of a crossover for Old Gamers Almanac. Um, I'm going to be streaming a little bit of Elden Ring, yeah, uh, which yeah. is a game that is popular. Um, I'm not going to explain anything about it to you if you don't know what it is. Uh, you can watch me do that. I'm not very impressive to watch, uh, but I'm in uh, sort of the late game. And we are about to record that episode for Old Gamers Almanac. If you don't know what that is, it's another show we do about video games. And it's even dumber than this one. Yeah! Um, and then on Saturday, I'm going to be playing uh, some Sidereal Confluence uh, for our upcoming uh, Space Cats episode about Sidereal Confluence. Me and Matt played some today yeah, before we, we recorded this. And I love the game. I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really bad at it i uh, am and, deeply overwhelmed by it is what yes. i'll say so far we'll get well yes. I'll, I'll get there folks i just have to learn all the numbers you can't you can't just throw numbers at me and be like don't worry about too many of them it's like no i have to worry about every number all at once so there's this game i like to play on my phone called threes it's a very popular game yeah. um there was a ripoff called like 2048 or something like that oh did threes um, come first yeah, I think Threes was first. Um, threes is better, uh, but it also cost money, so it wasn't as popular. Ah. Um, so Threes is just like a silly little number game, and um, I like to play it poorly, <laughs> yeah. and this bothers uh, my watched, girlfriend. It bothers me. I've seen you do it, too, and it <laughs> drives me insane. I just don't play it very well, <laughs> and it's because I kind of just like to... I'm not really, like, trying. You know, it's kind of uh-huh. just like... It's fun when it starts going well, it's but like, I'm not really like trying to incorporate a technique or anything. Right. And I feel like Sidereal Confluence is going to be that for me also. Do any of the millennials in the room remember when you would just put on music on your computer and you would just watch the visualizer? I feel like that's how <laughs> Hunter plays <laughs> threes or 2048. It's it's yeah. like it's like I'm engaging with the music and I'm just ch- look at that crazy waveform and it's like <laughs> doing it. Whoa, man! And you what? Uh, you sat there and you watched it for like an hour. You just right. did that. That was a hobby. Yeah. That used to be a hobby. I watched my yeah. music. Oh, I gotta yeah. go home and watch my music real quick. <laughs> I gotta go home and watch. Yeah, that's kind of what I do with threes. I'm just vibing out <laughs> to the numbers, just moving around in the grid. Yeah. And then I lose. And, and what's so funny is when I lose is I'm always surprised. I'm always like, whoa, I lost. And and my girlfriend will be like, yeah, you messed up like several moves yeah. back. And I'm like, really? Huh, who the fuck? I yeah. thought I was just, I thought I was just right. making the numbers bigger, you know? <laughs> uh, and that's kind of how I feel about Sidereal at this point. I'll just have my little cubes yeah. in my area and I'm like, Ooh, let's just make some more cubes. And everybody else is trying to like maximize efficiency. Sure. And I'm like, 
they'll, they'll be like, um, uh, here's a deal. You should take this deal because you're actually getting more value out of it. And then I'll be like, but then I don't, but I just kind of want these, this cube to turn into these. And they're like, yeah, but these cubes are worth more than that. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't get to turn those into anything. <laughs> You refused so, so many deals from me that were just like not even complicated or mean or anything. It was like you were getting the better end of them, but uh, that was your response every time. It was like, yeah, but then I don't get to use this card. It's like, okay, I it can't argue feels, with that. Matt, it feels good to yeah. use the card. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it just feels good to take the cube and turn it into new cubes. <laughs> They're growing, Matt. And sometimes it's just about the pleasure of moving your numbers around. It's yeah. not about winning always, you know? Sometimes games just feel good. They have a tactile well, feeling. Not on this show. Happy. It's time to get to business, back to the game that refuses to be uh, fun. It's work. It's business. It is, it yeah. is pain and suffering. True. It's True. time for Twilight Imperium. We've been tangential a lot recently. This, this show got fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought maybe it would be cool if the show was fun, but you're right. Let's get to work. Um, so this week, we are going to imagine what Codex 4 would be like should it exist. And it will exist, probably. Right. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll just make Codex 4. Maybe this is where we break we just take with over. Dane and FFG, and we just take over Twilight Imperium from game. the inside out. Yeah. 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 Um, but if we were going to do Codex 4, this is basically the things that we would add. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so the, uh, there's a few things codices come with that we would not be a, a store a fun little story uh, i don't i don't i ain't got one of those for you actually i do i actually i spent the first 10 days of november writing some of uh i wrote i wrote some ti fan fiction we'll slap that story on there there you go codex 4 is my little story there you go so we got what? so the fiction checklist is checked bam did it okay what's the other thing we need some sort of advertisement for an upcoming twilight imperium project how about the graphic novels coming up there's a let's put a big center page ad for the uh, the twilight imperium graphic novels coming to you from uh, come on games or come on comics uh that is actually a thing people should check out this friday if you want to get those graphic novels there's like a kickstarter style pre-order thing and then you can get the graphic novels but it's like it's not just called the twilight imperium graphic novels it's like come come on comics volume two and that's how you get those so it's kind of confusing so there you go psa there it is two check marks done for codex yeah. four awesome. now to the meat and potatoes mechanical stuff um so first and foremost is the faction bits that we want improved but here's the thing yeah. i think we've gotten to the point where most of the factions that needed genuine help uh are doing all right except yeah. for one only mm -hmm. one faction stands alone on the bottom of the totem pole, and it is time for Arborek to rise from the ashes. And uh, yeah. we, we, Hunter, tell people what we decided to do, the theme of our choices with Arborek. Well, so we, okay, so we feel like there should be an Arborek, uh, you know, hero suite, or um, I guess leader suite update. Um, but we kind of like some of the stuff that we already have. So we're not necessarily trying to re remake the wheel, but we started with the commander. Yeah. And the big, the big idea that I think Arborek is sort of lacking at this point is the idea that I think the Latani need to be everything yeah. for Arborek. And there, there's not enough to them. I feel right. like there's a lot of different directions we could go with the Latani. And the main one I want to go in is the idea that 
you can spend the Latani as resources. Yeah. The idea that once you make them, you're sort of getting money back on them. Right. Um, I don't think you should be able to spend them, you know, any time for anything. Um, but we have a commander here for you. We wouldn't change the unlock. So the unlock for the commander is have 12 ground forces. Um, and then the commander would be something like this. During production, you can remove your infantry to spend them as resources. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, anytime you build, you can just spend your Latani. So now, when you build one infantry, yeah. when you build two infantry for $1, what you're saying is later those mm -hmm. are $2. This my right. my money just gets to double the more I invest in just my infantry or mechs or base yes. or actually just infantry in this case. We're saying infantry get removed as resources. So every time you double up your infantry, not only do you increase your production supply, but you per, you increase your future potential money. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's funny because I I feel like this is Maybe an idea that has already existed out there before, like perhaps other people have theory crafted sure. uh, a way to fix Arborek and it being this. What I'm realizing right now is I'm not really sure what your production like cap would be if you're spending your Latanis as you build. I think it's Unless basically like the wording. Yeah, we, we're not we're not like isolating the wording here. I do think it's like a before spending. It's kind of like similar to um uh, Titans getting like a trade good before they spend and then they have the trade uh, good to yeah. spend. It's like remove yeah. the infantry to do it, but that means then your production capacity is less than the one infantry. So you can't yes. spend your only infantry on a planet and then expect to build on that planet. You no longer yeah. have production capacity there. Um, we did leave in the note that maybe like through some sort of testing, we could decide that actually you can just spend infantry as resources and influence and like spend a stack <laughs> of infantry, spend 16 infantry on the spend 16 resources. Uh, right. Uh, right. Stage two or whatever. I don't, here's, here's the real theme for this Arborex stuff, because this is obviously a huge, this would be a big deal. The argument here is Arborex has spent the entire life cycle of TI four on the bottom. And honestly, yep. if we're really thinking about it, they spent all of their time in TI3 on the bottom as well. They, yeah, their their stuff was really bad. So Arborek has been a trash faction. That's cool though, right? That's always yeah, the thing. Is we, it's, all, it's, we love it, but it is bad. It. Yeah, yeah. What if we stopped saying, but we can't let them, get, just let them get crazy. Like why don't yeah. get, why doesn't Arborek just get to be the best faction in the game? Right. How about we spend some it. time with Arborek as the best faction in the game and we just stop mincing words and stop yeah. thinking how do we how do we limit this a little bit so that they don't get out of control we let nalu just do whatever with this new yeah. agent they can nalu get away with anything it's cool <laughs> yeah they can break the cardinal rule of twilight imperium and everybody's just yep that's fine arborette can't have anything and this isn't even that nice this right. is just pretty good so we're just saying this if you freak out at at our suggestions I just want you to know, we're thinking of it in terms of like, I don't think you can give Arborek too much right. at this stage. Right. If anything, they're owed top brass for a long time because of how long they've spent on the bottom. We th There yeah. are years that have been shaved off their life. So the other stuff we want to add is actually, we like the agent and, and with this commander, the hero is really cool, right? Yeah. The hero is now, oh, I could like really, I could be really, really light on my ship plastic in like rounds one through three and i could right. just go hog wild on infantry hog. yes <laughs> and hog then wild when i pop my hero in round four 
just suddenly absolutely massive fleets everywhere because all of my i have all my money i have access to and i have all of these infantry that i've intentionally just been buying more and more and more of and i can spend i mean we let we let hakan get away with just like a 30 dollar build and they have a stockpile of 20 trade goods that they don't have to spend on the 30 dollar bill that's totally acceptable so what we're saying is arborex allowed to invest infantry in a like 40 dollar build when their hero pops what's so wrong with that and all that stuff is wrong with that yeah no there's nothing wrong with that i think that (laughs) sounds really great and really good but Matt, you're forgetting. Yep. We've always talked about there's two problems Arborek yes. has, right? We've got two problems. The one is their 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 economy has never been enough. Well, with the commander, we're trying to fix that. And also, guess what? We're trying to fix it and stay on theme. Yes. We're not saying, oh, Arborek should just have a way to make a bunch of trade goods, because I think that goes against theme. Mm-hmm. But the idea of they are, you know, essentially keeping all of the resources they spend as long as they spend them on Latani. I think is a pretty thematic way to execute that idea. Yes. Now, the other problem has always been movement. Right. They don't they start with the worst tech in the game, made in defense grid, which is a red. So they start with no blue. Yep. And then their faction tech is all green. So how do we how do we fix that? And how do we keep it fresh and interesting for Arborek? <laughs> well, we have an Omega Bioplasmosis to pitch to you. Yep. It's time. Yeah. It's finally time for this faction tech to do something. I think we've agreed that Latani 2, while not wildly useful, has a place. It's just that it's too green deep, right? It's like way yeah. out of the way of anything of that. any use. Yeah. You don't so need to go there. We can improve Latani 2 by making the desire to get two greens better. And the way yeah. we do that is, first off, make Bioplasmosis not sharing a slot with Latani 2, where they both yeah. require two yeah. greens. Now it's like I have to get two greens, then I start getting my faction tech. That stinks. And so many better factions do not have that problem. Right. They just get to get things on the... Mentac gets to just get yellow tech all the way up their tree and all that stuff. So Bioplasmosis, we want to reduce down to a one green requirement. And we want to give it a movement ability. Now I get it. It's not <laughs> propulsion tech. And that doesn't make any sense. But it's it's it biotic does. tech. No. It's biotic tech because these are Latani. And when they kill themselves, they they create a well, propulsion uh, propulsion style gas cloud. But it's biotic energy. It is not. Well, no. <laughs> Matt, Luke, well, let's explain the rule first. And then let's go ham. Okay. 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 So here, here's, here's the idea. It will be one green now. It's more attainable. Each time you remove, so like after you activate, the way it would work is like this. After you activate a system, each time you remove an infantry from the game board, you can grant a plus one movement to a ship. One ship. So gravity drive is you pick a ship and it gets plus one value. This is gravity drive, but you can stack it as many times as you want as long as you have the infantry to kill. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so so you could you could remove two and get plus two on one ship or yep. plus one on two ships, right? right? So the idea is it would just kind of work like that. It's like gravity drive, except it's better, but you have to pay for it with flesh, right? With plants, it's yep. like they're they're shooting out spores out of their butt to make them go faster. <laughs> that the makes farts sense. jettison them into space. The the bug, there. I mean, the plant farts jettison the ships through space and time, and it all makes sense, and it's perfectly on theme. And I won't hear any 
other opinions thank you uh yeah. th- that is all uh so yeah that's our new bioplasmosis that inherently then hopefully makes latani a little bit better especially because we're talking about all these reasons to kill our own latani so having that bonus production from a single latani is useful because in the end game we're not necessarily talking about an arborec anymore that has fat stacks all over the place we're spending right. all of our stacks and we're reduced down on our count and we need to yeah you know now it's a delicate balance to keep all of that in uh, in check, but by going down green, we could ignore blue. We're, we're ignoring things like carrier two to go down the green route, yep. right? We're not getting yep. the capacity we need. There's still issues with going down green, but at least we don't have to think about gravity driving. We could go for this in the early game. If we got a green skip, you know, round one with Diplo, we could just get this right away and start doing like really important movements or whatever. Like th- this would be, you know, a critical part to the round two if we want it to be. We have one last change. And it is, again, we're not fixing Latani 2. Stymie's already been eroded. And while st- the new Stymie's still not especially useful, it feels weird to, like, double Omega something. Yeah. Uh, so we're not really going to do that. But we did think the whole issue, and we've talked about this recently, is the idea that the Latani behemoth, the mech, was designed around original Majin defense grid. Right. And so the thing we're talking about for this coming tournament is that Actually, we're going to use original mage and defense grid uh, so that it basically is just like a tiny little buff to Arbrek. If we use old mage and defense grid, that's a little buff for Arbrek. That's it's very m- tiny, though. It's not even a very good it's buff. Not it's not even very good. It's more usable. Yeah. What we could do as an Omega uh, for Arborek, though, is to change the mech. And I've heard people theorize this plenty of times. But instead of the mitosis stuff with behemoth because now we've turned like infantry into this crazy cash cow and mitosis is already adding right. an infantry right we don't need to have latani behemoths be like a thing that can be mitosis it's, it, we got the money to spend right we can we can kill two infantry and gain a behemoth now that's a thing we right. can do with our commander Absolutely. so instead the text on latani behemoth is this unit counts as a structure yeah this is a structure it also is going to keep its planetary shield it's going to keep its production too it's got all that stuff but it is with Omega Majin in mind. So now our Majin procs off of our structured behemoths, we get a bonus right. hit at the start of a combat just for having mechs there. And we, uh, we, uh, I guess we just made structure objectives way easier for Arborek, basically. Well, okay, the, but honestly, the, the numbers are, are okay. It's yes. not too crazy. It means the stage ones for structure, structure objectives for Arborek are very accomplishable right but luckily the stage twos are just out of reach a little bit so right. here's here's the deal Arbrex starts with a space dock and a pds nothing we can do about that we're going to keep that the way it sure. is and this would mean once you build all four mechs you have four additional structures bringing you to a grand total of six um so it would be i think pretty messed up yeah if you could accomplish the stage twos without ever following construction but that's not true for Arborek. right um you would still have to follow uh, in order to get one additional PDS or space dock, I guess. Somewhere, um, yeah. Somewhere in order to accomplish uh, seven structures, which is one of these stage twos. And the other is have structures on five planets outside of home with four mechs. That's only four outside right. of home, so you would need one more. Right. Yeah, so the idea is Arborek could hedge for stage two structure objectives by at least producing one PDS at some point in the game and then being yeah. sure they get their mechs just kind of all over the place before the, the end game. It would be something very attainable for them. And, I mean, honestly, the idea to all of this is it's not like... I mean, you could probably unlock that commander pretty early if you, like, really focus. Yeah. You start with four right. infantry 
and you need 12. And it's always been a bit difficult to unlock that round one. And that remains true. Now, the benefit is so much greater now that we probably see people swing for it. And if you get warfare, you just do it, right? A single move is to turn them into eight infantry now. And then we just have to, we don't even have to double up again. We just have to get four more out of our eight infantry. It's quite easy. Um, So warfare on Arborek is now a death sentence. But guess what? Warfare on Sar has always been a death sentence. It's like all of these things. Every time we talk about like, it would be horrifying. Well, that's always been the case. Now, what Hunter and I are not taking into account, and we never will, is how much of a horrifying beast Arborek will be in 14-point games. Uh, they are probably yeah. unstoppable at this point. But you know what? Don't care. Seems fun. Everyone who's playing 14 points is actually playing this game for fun anyways, so I don't see any reason they would complain about a killer Arborek. Uh, seems just cool. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. Seems super cool, in fact. So yeah, that those are our three Arborek changes. Um, we feel like these changes enhance the stuff that we haven't touched, right. which is good. Um, I feel like the agent still has a place. I feel like the hero is helped by both the commander and by bioplasmosis yeah. because now Arborak having a bunch of uh, like stuff is actually... Right. upsetting you know what right. i mean because you're like uh-oh yeah. that stuff can get places i now. haven't even thought about it in the reverse direction where what if like our had been already keeping up with you know their ship they're, they're happy with where their ships are at all game long and you know the the standard hero build is build as many units you're not there's no production cap right so the idea right. is build as many infantry and fighters as you can and with this we can basically give all of our ships that we already have infinite move value if we want them to like oh yeah there's still a massive incentive for arborek to just go blue tech because we if we could get by if we can quickly get bioplasmosis and then go straight for light wave uh we can go anywhere on the map if we want to (laughs) we just have to think about it (laughs) yeah and maybe you know no 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 matt let's not do this let's let's not question ourselves (laughs) let's just go we're this is about the wish list okay Dane can figure out the nitty gritty, okay? Mm-hmm. Dane can figure out the details, all right? We're the ideas guy. We're exactly. just kind of, you know, showing up to work with an unbuttoned shirt, you know, and just <laughs> saying like, yeah, you got to do something like this. We're like the consultant, you know, we're being paid like way too much money to, and everyone's like, what, is, what does this person do? And then the CEO's like, these guys are geniuses, you know, but we're not, we're stupid. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think these fixes would change Arborek in a way that would make them more fun to play. Um, Obviously, I think we may have just discovered a bit of a weirdness with bioplasmosis. It's weird that you can get to infinity or that that you have... Because you you never run out of more movement than you would ever need, for sure. Like, way more movement than you'd ever need. And pretty quickly, too. You know, it's like... (laughs) On round one, if you unlocked this, that would mean you have 12 infantry movement <laughs> meaning you also have 12 movement but you have to kill you you're not going to send infantry anywhere if you spend all of your movement pickets it's but true. like but like yeah i mean you you a fun arborec play in round three could be to take the home system of the person across the table from you i mean that's you know that's yeah. just maybe a fun thing you can. that might be an issue you know like i'm kind of feeling like that actually might be a bit of a problem Shh, stop stop it that's not what we're doing here today let's move on to the other stuff we want to touch and here's Here's what we decided. Um, we looked through a bunch of the factions that we've thought about in the past. Uh, things like barony have come up a number of times of like things they don't really use or things that are just like super underwhelming. And we couldn't make a super strong. At that point, we were just like grasping for straws of like stuff yeah. that needs to be messed with. But realistically, what no one has dealt with yet is the fact that Prophecy of Kings is two years old now. It's It's been out 
about as long as base game was out by the time we got Prophecy of Kings. And what we haven't seen is any attention to the Prophecy of Kings factions themselves to see how things are holding up and see how everything's doing and and to see if it's all working as intended and and you know the the treatment of oh grayfire mutagen isn't being used as much as we wanted to that yin got we need to apply that kind of stuff to the prophecy of kings factions no one has wanted to do that because well they're all good so they don't need to be made better necessarily but there's still stuff in all of their toolkits that are just like unfortunately sitting on the table all the time right and we just don't get to mess with so that's our other main goal with faction updates in codex 4 is how about we give some love to the newest factions that deserve to see some omega treatment right and really the goal here isn't necessarily you know it's like matt was saying these are all good factions we just want to zone in on some stuff that was introduced in pok it just really has no place right. it, it doesn't there's no reason to use it there's no reason to get it and right. i feel like we found, with that logic, we found a handful of stuff that we were like, okay, these can be changed. Not because, you know, again, it's more about taking the spirit of the thing that was already there yep. and saying, hey, how could this actually get some use, Yeah, you know? So uh, the first faction, there are, there are, of course, seven factions introduced in POK. And when we sat down and looked at them, uh, one thing we decided is Titans and Nasroka. Those, those kits are pretty clean, and every single piece of those kits gets used. There's really... And Argent. And Argent. And Argent. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Out of the seven, uh, three of them, we are not going to touch. All three of those kits are just, like, really clean, <laughs> efficient. Everything right. just sort of works, and there's not really anything we can addendum uh, there. So, to start with, uh, we want to uh, attack Vool Wraith Cabal. And they are the only one where we're actually going to change two things for them. The rest are one each. So with Cabal, the first one, and there was a few different things. I, I, I don't love the Cabal leader suite. I think it all functions and people use it, but it feels just sort of disparate and strange. But yeah. it's really hard to come up with something that isn't just sort of like arbitrarily coming up with a new thing versus like, well, let's at least identify some Cabal holes whether it be in quality skill or even just like just some things that would make sense for them to have and use. And so the first one is we wanted to come up with a new dimensional tear two. So of course we're not editing the faction sheet. We can't really do anything with dimensional tear one. And the big problem right. with that is we're sort of locked into a lot of decisions because the space dock stuff has a lot of text on it. Dimensional tear has like almost as much text as you can possibly fit onto a card. Yeah. And you have to keep all of that text for Dimensional Tear 2. So the idea of upgrading Dimensional Tear 2 is, is kind of a difficult one and almost not worth it. But the big struggle of Cabal is you have all of this movement, but the second you send all of your stuff out to go do something, if you leave your space dock too exposed, it's just like easy pickings for the other players. They can just come in right. and deal with it. Now that's a that's like kind of a good thing that they have, you know, they have a check on themselves. But we thought it would be nice if Dimensional Tear 2 the reason to invest in it was that it gives you some bonus defenses. Uh, so without being able to add very much text to the body, we can add ability text. So we decided right. why not give Dimensional Tear a anti-fighter barrage 
five times three. So it's like a destroyer two. A single dimensional terror is like one destroyer two hanging out. Right. And it right. has space cannon. Six on a two is just sort of what we threw out there. But the idea that it has some space cannon. It has some base defenses to protect itself if it gets left a little bit too soft. And that's right. just because the problem with dimensional terror two as it is right now is there's really f- almost no benefit to researching it because realistically right. all it does for you is improve your production value by two we're not taking that away the seven is still there the 12 fighters is still there but that was just not enough for anybody to ever want to research dimensional tier two so we figured some right. base defenses would maybe put it in people's hands more often it just gives it a little more oomph yeah and the thing is we also touched one other component in yep. cabal's kit that i think this kind of combos with a little bit neatly now I just want to say before we tell you the <laughs> second component, I, I am not I'm not actually convinced that we will have made dimensional tier two absolutely useful now. <laughs> but I think it's just like kind of better than nothing, and this is literally all we could come up with that was even doable. Yeah. Pull the text up of that card right now. There ain't no room <laughs> in that for nothing. <laughs> and I can't take the stuff out because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can't take anything off of it. Right. Like Matt said. But yeah, so the other thing we went for is the hero. <laughs> because Dimensional Anchor, the Cabal hero, uh, is currently, it's just, you roll a bunch of dice, first of all. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, have you ever done it in real life? Because we have, and it sucks. Okay? <laughs> it's not good. You have to roll a die, an individual die, for every single ship that is adjacent to one of your Dimensional Tears. That could be like... 30 ships. Yeah. It's insane how many ships that can be. Yeah. Um, and then on a one to three, you like capture them, which is also really poor odds. Yep. So it regular regularly does nothing. Yep. It isn't very, I, I mean, it's interesting in that it's goofy. It feels like um, it's supposed to be an event and then it never is basically. Yeah. <laughs> and when it is actually an event, it kind of feels bad, right? Uh-huh. Like when it does actually capture a whole lot, you're sort of like, well, that's so messed up. You just hurt like so many players, and now and it feels wrong when yeah. it when it go when it pops off and actually a bunch of stuff happens. You sort of feel like, well, you know what? This ability is too good. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't even feel fair when it when it actually goes well. It's like that's so much. You just killed so many ships just because luck. What? Who wants to do this? So instead, we have. A kind of, we're swinging for the fences, but it's like oh, Matt. Can I explain it thematically before yes, we explain it? Okay. You should because it's important okay. to know the main thing uh, was that we wanted it to be um, as exciting as Dimensional Anchor feels. Right? It's to, yes. it should still feel like an event. Yeah. So Hunter, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So thematically, here's what I want. That Matt will Matt will read the text. I will do the theme first. So what I want to be happening in the world of Twilight Imperium when the Cabal use their hero is uh, the whole idea of the cabal right and their space docks is that it's kind of this rip in uh reality you know yeah. it's a dimensional tear literally and then yeah. the cabal are sort of coming from this other dimension out into the twilight imperium dimension wouldn't it be cool if the way the hero worked is the the one of the tears that were already open close and then reopen on an enemy planet. Yep. That's the idea thematically. Yeah. So, so what it, what it, would the text say, Matt? As an action, and this isn't exact, but it's close enough. As an action, remove 
a dimensional tear and place it on a non-home planet, enemy planet. We could even leave it to be just non-home planet, and you could use it yourself if you just like wanted to move one of your dimensional tears sure. and like didn't yeah, want to yeah. do the really good part of this. You could just do that if you want to. But then the idea is, uh, it, it should actually be remove the dimensional tear and all units on that planet. So all your right. infantry, all of your mechs, and all of your PDS with that space dock go and you and and similar to yin's new hero where it's just like here's infantry they're just spawned all of that stuff spawns on one single planet and the idea is that you do a ground combat plus space cannon that's the hard one to word that i don't actually know if it works if if we can do it because for space cannon to apply we have to treat ourselves as the defending player against the income in quotes incoming infantry <laughs> and the what we're saying is the infantry yeah. on, that are already on the planet are incoming infantry that we get to fire space can shut up all right just like trust the yeah, sauce yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so here's trust the sauce okay so, so the tear and all the stuff on the planet go and try to gobble something else up and uh so you can try for a control objective it's a little bit of a wind slay right and it's just you put stuff on the map over there yeah and also um, so we did buff Dimensional Tear 2, which means right. there's going to be a random amount of AFB that isn't going to get triggered by the ground combat, obviously, but it is going to just be there, it's there. you know? <laughs> and, and the other thing is, guess what? That system is now a gravity rift, uh-huh. and who knows where that is that might be annoying. Right. Like, that's one thing that I think is kind of sad about the way Cabal works right now is... The space docks add this whole gravity rift equation, but because everyone wants to play Twilight Imperium in a smart way, and yeah. I don't blame you, sure. that's how you should play it smart. I feel like the cabal don't bring enough chaos yes. to the game, and I feel like just the idea of in the late game cabal is moving a grav rift into yep. a very weird place, mm-hmm. like for example, right in front of someone's home system. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. I like that as yeah. as something that now we have to contend with. Yeah. Um, and also, it feels like kind of akin to, you know, it's like a lesser Nova Seed type right. ability. Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, Matt, you mentioned the, it's obviously closest to the Yin hero, but I feel like it's way less likely to just score you an easy point and likely will probably be like a Mechatol ability almost all the yeah. time. Well, and think about, too, what you're doing on the other end. Because what we said is you remove all the stuff from one of your own planets. You've just left a planet entirely exposed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. hopefully you have, like, ships there to, to, to maintain the protection of it. But you're also, like, if that was the one in the center of your slot, like, you, you lost all that movement. Like, you are costing yourself uh potentially dearly depending on which space dock you choose to move out of here um so it's like a pretty good power but it also puts a little bit more pressure on cabal and on other players to want to destroy cabal's dimensional tears rather than just parking above them it's like hey those that's a that's a potential thing that's gonna attack me later i might want to just go ahead and remove it while i have the chance or whatever but it's got that bonus defenses if you upgraded it to help it stay on the board or whatever so i don't know could could it, it at least feels spicy which dimensional anchor just doesn't um so there there's our idea for cabal we got four more uh three more for you and some uh, other stuff but uh first thing we should take a quick little break welcome back okay we've got some more factions to attend to and then we've got bigger bigger fish to fry because with every codex comes sort of another element that we want to address uh yeah yeah Let's finish these factions. Of course, we have Nomad, Mahokt, and Empyrean all to address. So with Nomad, the kit is really good, right? The, the kit 
is this thing that sort of just like for some reason makes a ton of money like because of the sum of all the parts you yeah. just make a ton of money as nomad and what we've learned is there's just so much money on the table for nomad it feels crazy um so the thing that we never see touched though is temporal command suite it's just like a really weird ability the yep. timing of it isn't very useful the, the ability without reading the exact text is uh when someone exhausts their agent you can refresh that agent and then you can transact with that player and that's supposed to be cute and fun because you're supposed to be able to like do something on somebody else's turn or whatever, right? right. Uh, it's it's the only time when you can tra transact with the non-active player if the agent being tapped was like being used on behalf of someone else or whatever. But it it's so specific that it never gets used for that. So the transaction part is just completely moot on that ability because it never right. can get used meaningfully, which means it's really just the agent refresh ability. And the fact that it's like a in the moment they use it, they refresh it, it just feels weird and there's no reason to go down that path when you got other fish to fry so it felt like it deserved right. a light buff that doesn't add any superpower to nomad right because nomad right. certainly doesn't need a buff as a faction we just want to make the tech slightly more interesting so this one we took an incredibly delicate approach to and just wanted to change the wordings we're not even changing the ability very much but it's just at any time exhaust this card to ready someone else's agent and perform a transaction with that player even if it's not their turn so now we've we've taken away the restriction of the agent being the thing that pops and now if anything this tech can more often if, if you wanted it to be used when you're like trying to trade something to the defending player like imagine yeah. getting to trade the cavalry to the defending player in the moment they're getting attacked yeah i can get temporal command suite and make a little bit of cash off of that and refresh someone else's agent we also made it specifically not nomad's agent i think the wording would very clearly want to be either or like you don't have to do but you don't have to refresh an agent for right. them to get to do the transaction so that you can just do whatever you want but i've always wanted that ability that gets to transact with the defending player and it seemed too much to just like take away the agent altogether but this this is just a very light buff to temporal command suite right it's still one yellow so even at this level it probably wouldn't get used a lot however depending on the other agents at the table this could see a lot of action you know like if if nomad is in a game with mahawked that yep. agent is very powerful. Right. Uh, maybe maybe we want to do that. Maybe we want anybody with a good agent. Right. Basically, we could see temporal command suite uh, just kind of paying dividends. It could be nomad and someone else is just right. like like nomad and and Hakan suddenly. Right. Nomad and uh, you know Isarl if Isarl's getting up to a lot of other business. Like yeah, there's there's so many ways that this could be useful. Right. Um, it was really just before it had such a specific window because it was. It was like, I'm going to refresh your agent, but it has to happen exactly when you exhaust it. Yep. Well, a lot of the times that window means we're not going to be able to figure out like if it's time to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a pointless thing to, to make a very specific window to it. So, yeah, I, I, uh, the big thing with it is to also take away, it feels weird to take away the option for nomad to get to use it on themselves. Mm -hmm. um, especially like it's like oh, I wouldn't hate for Nomad to get to use Thundarian twice but the reality is Nomad's already an economic powerhouse and you can use this tech to uh, Artuno in the middle of a round right yeah but that's not the thing Nomad needs any of actually like right. the, the one right. the the clear 
best agent to use temporal command suite is just like already feels like too much. So the at the cost of losing access to using Field Marshal Mercer twice or using the Thundarian twice, which would be the best you know thing I would want out of this. At the cost of that, we make it to where you can't refresh Artuno twice. Or you can't right. use Artuno twice uh, to get money in the middle of the round or whatever. So instead it is, yeah, in tr- just to use against other people. And I think that's enough. <laughs> and, and and I don't, I still don't think Nomad's going to research it that often, honestly. No. But I, I, yeah. I think they might do it a bit more. And if they did, they get to at least do interesting things with it. That's the problem with Temporal Command Suite is even if you get it, you probably won't do anything interesting with it. <laughs> but now you kind of can. Uh, right. Next up, is Mahakt. Mahakt is a tricky one to mess with because basically that leader suite is like all a part of an ecosystem mm-hmm. that you can't really mm-hmm. touch. And the mech is a part of that ecosystem. But what we all know is Mahakt has these two faction techs that nobody really messes with. And I'm giving it to Crimson Legionnaire that that one is just sort of on theme. The Crimson Legionnaires are just supposed to be a thing that exists and yeah. they've always yeah. been supposed to be what they are. So we're leaving that alone. But everyone also knows that genetic recombination is more or less useless. It is a tech right. that lets you pick someone and they have to send at least one vote in a direction you tell them to or they lose a fleet pool. Well, what does everybody do? Fine. Here's a vote. That isn't going to make any difference at all. So all right. you're doing is telling one person probably with a lot of votes that they can't do something different or whatever. Right. That's right. just like, it feels like actually nothing. It's just not actually an ability at all. And it's yeah. not like Mahawk yeah. needs a buff, but a buff in the agenda phase is not the same as buffs in other parts of the game right like right. We, we could buff this and it's not going to have like a wild impact on Mahawk's game so what we have for them is a, an ability same tech requirement one green uh, which means you can get it right away if you want to and it's you exhaust before voting uh, you spend a token from your fleet uh, your fleet of the matching player to force that player to vote exactly as you say the number of votes and yeah. in the direction that you say. So you truly are giving them mind. You're, you're taking over their mind. And that feels right. quite powerful. You can do actually incredibly heinous stuff with this ability. You can right. force someone to vote for mutiny on a vote you know is going to send it against forcing them to lose a victory point. Right? You yep. can just do yep. that to someone. Right. But what do you give up? You give up their abilities over you you can't use their commander anymore because you're giving up the token and you're not going to be able to star lance them later which are like the two big so you're giving up one power for another so it's just giving mahawk more things to potentially do with the tokens they've acquired in their fleet pool yeah so it's again it's the type of thing where probably not going to get a lot of use every game but i really want to see the game where mahawk sits next to extra and keeps getting extras token yep so that every single agenda phase, <laughs> Mahakt is like, I am in charge. Yeah. I decide what happens. Because and people are just like, this has to stop. Right. Because extra's ability is you vote no matter what. Like, you can vote through being told not to vote. But that's not what Mahakt has been doing. Mahakt is taking your votes from you. It's taking not saying you don't yeah. vote. And then extra will be like, haha, I vote anyways. It's saying, oh, you're totally voting. But you must do exactly what I say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm using all 50 of your votes <laughs> for what I want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just insane yeah (laughs) okay we have one left and it is the empyrean and of course we've talked a lot uh, in the past about void watch being this just 
absolute worthless tech. It is the one where if someone sends a ship into you, they have to give you a promissory note. But as we've learned, most of the promissory notes are pretty easy to just give up and it's not a yeah. big deal and you yeah. sidestep it. It and just doesn't matter. You, it just really, and Empyrean starts with more promissory notes anyways. And a lot of times you just end up getting blood packed back. You know how you just like always right. end up getting blood packed back? Well, guess yeah. what? You can just give them blood packed or whatever. Who cares? The promissory note just was not doing anything for anybody. So... Right. Uh, very small change. We just decided they have to give you an action card instead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's it's vaguely on theme for Empyrean because they do have a mech that interacts with action cards. I right. feel like it's not the craziest thing. Right. And it kind of turns Voidwatch into, you know, not a great tech, mm -mm. but one that will get possibly researched in the late game as a deterrent, which yep. is also on theme because a lot of Empyrean late game is about don't even bother because yep, right. it sucks. Yeah, we didn't um, want we didn't want to improve the defensive quality of this ability, right? Yeah. They ha they are they are good on defenses. It just needed to be a slightly better deterrent or a slightly better economic gain for them. Right. Well, and I like the idea of possibly Voidwatch becoming this tech that some people research in the early game and then hope to kind of like get some action card tempo out of it because I would love to encourage Empyrean to do more. I put this ship there and that's annoying because I think that yeah. is kind of one of the more interesting like ways that Empyrean game can can go. Right. Is I like when that faction is encouraged to just be like, I um I, I plooped a little destroyer yeah. <laughs> there. So that's better what that do is something now. about it. Do you have it. a problem yeah. with that? <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah. I like about it. I, I and I like it being an actual uh you know thing that players are maybe okay with still you know like it's like i got action cards i could i could kind of throw out it is it's also beautiful that it's a thing that can happen to a sorrel that i mean a sorrel's gonna right. have more action cards than they know what to do with but yeah if a sorrel wants to get up to anything it's finally like an action card right negative on a, a, a sorrel if they want anything to do about it. if anything it's even more reason for empyrean to research it and like hunter's saying i'm just gonna go just send destroyers out there in sorrel's space just to be there in the way and maybe slow down their stuff uh i, I who knows if that's a, a real benefit or not but uh, it's at least mildly more researchable than the promissory yeah. note version of Void Watch, right? Yeah. So that's all the faction-specific stuff that we would do with Codex 4. Now it's time to talk about, you know, what components mm -hmm. do we feel like are worthy of a codexing? And if you've been listening to the show lately, I feel like this has kind of been a theme in the air. Yeah. What we've selected for Codex 4, it would be cool if it was about agendas yeah if that was the focus yeah um, um yeah so with agendas though comes some weirdness which is like the agenda deck is already i would say appropriately large and to just yeah. start adding about you know similar to the previous stuff we've had is like new relics new action cards new frontier cards it feels not especially great to just get new agendas that then you see yeah. once yeah. in a blue moon um, so instead, we wanted to take more of the Omega approach to yes. existing agendas and just clean up some of the agendas that are either really dumb and you hate seeing or or whatever. So so obviously, this isn't as involved as like an Absol's agendas or General Pith's uh, uh, agenda mod. So, you know, we're not getting crazy in the weeds with this, and I don't think it's as bold as an agenda rework could be. But I think it's appropriate for a codex, which is just supposed yeah. to be a light touch of all of these things and a little bit at a time approach so yeah 
uh, we've basically addressed uh, four agenda phase issues that then apply to like a handful of different agendas. And the first one is all basically all of the ministers feel yeah. off. Um, Minister of Peace and Minister of War are like pretty much fine. They probably don't necessarily need an Omega, although Minister sure. of War always has that thing where people think it works differently than it does. So getting just like a rewording of Minister of War where people didn't rethink it, like didn't misunderstand it all the time would be kind of nice. Right. Uh, because right. people think you have to uh, perform an action that removes one of your command tokens from the game board. They think that is the requirement to do uh, Minister of War. You must do the Warfare Primary and then you get to do Minister of War. No, it's like remove a command token and then do like it's, it's perform an action, remove command counter, do another action. If we could make the text make say that better, it would be nice. Minister of Peace right. is probably fine, but honestly, that one too has some confusion, right? The idea that sometimes people are like, wait, can I use this on myself or not? If we could make the wording much more clear that it's like, this is to be used on any possible potential combat, you can just stop it in its tracks, immediately end their turn, that would be great. The rest of them are all just not very good abilities that could all stand to be to feel better and be more important and uh, actually impact people's games. I don't think we have exact Omega on all of these for everybody, but Ooh, just to... I do. Hunter's got some. Uh, yeah, the first got some one, ideas. The, the first one that's not a big deal is Minister of Sciences. Uh, owner of this card resolves the primary or secondary ability. They don't need to spend resources. That one's maybe appropriately powerful. Uh, it could be... It could be nice to make it like some way to get more tech, though. The fact that it's just tech for free is like sometimes it comes out so late. It doesn't matter. Right. Around four Minister of Sciences is just nothing. So it'd be great if there was a way for it to be uh, actually useful in the late game. Um, what's one you want to hit up, Hunter? Um, well, honestly, Minister of Science, I actually have a change for that. I kind of wish Minister of Science made you exactly like Joel Nahr, Right. Where you just do either. When you do the secondary, you actually execute the primary, um, I think would just be. Because the thing is, it's no one's out here being like, in POK at least, being like, ah, that's a tech is so expensive, and that's sure. the problem. You right, know, like right. tech is not too expensive. I think tech is exactly priced. It's more the tempo yeah. that is really super assigned for tech. And it would be cool if Minister of Science was more about getting outside of that tempo. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that Minister of Industry should just be straight up and down, uh, like, you know, like what's good about Minister of War and Minister of Peace is it's good and it only happens once. I like that. And yeah. I would actually add that to some of the other ones. Minister of Industry, discard this to like produce out of a space dock. Right, right. Like not just for not, free, just do it. You're not activating it. Right. You're just producing out of it. Um, that's cool. That could be super useful, uh, yeah. especially in the late game. Um, Minister see, of Policy is another big one where it's just at the end of the status phase, you draw another action card, and that always feels... That's nothing. Really yeah. super duper nothing. It almost... Like, Minister of Policy is so bad, it could be an action that you exhaust every round and gain two action cards, and it would still be like, mm, that's... All right, that's good. That's not amazing, but that's good. You know, like a stall that gets you two action cards, as long as it's not on a Sorrel, is like... A pretty good ability that feels in line with plenty of other uh, agendas I would say yeah the other thing that I like about having the minister abilities be discard in order to do yes. something oh, that's true is that one of my least favorite things about the minister is that it counts as a law that's really annoying for mm -hmm. the have three laws in play secret and that I feel like it makes right. that easily scorable in a right. way that feels kind of bad so 
um, this wouldn't necessarily take that away, but it would also make it to where the ministers are kind of coming in and out. Like they, yeah. they're upping the, the law total and then they get discarded. So maybe we go back down below yeah. three and then it doesn't get scored. Et it, it'd basically be nice even if just as long as the players had more say over that, right? Like, oh, I could right. I could use this now just so that we don't hit that three laws in play. Just to give like player choice to it. So if all of these had some version of it's way better, but you do it the one time and then you're done or whatever. Minister of Exploration is another one that I think is just like crazy weak to just like get trade a uh, trade good. Like you turn into a little mini SAR that uh, I, it doesn't do anything for me. And, and now that we actually have exploration in the game like yeah. it could very yeah. easily be like draw a card from every exploration deck or whatever like it, it could be so much bigger uh than all of that um minister of commerce is one that has always felt pretty cool actually in some game like when you replenish yeah. commodities you gain kind of a lot of trade goods but you could turn that into like a one-off thing where it's just like get a get a stockpile whenever you want it or whatever um yeah, it would see more use if it was essentially that ability, but it is, um, like, essentially, I'm using this as an action to gain trade goods for every neighbor that I have. Right. That actually would be more useful in the late game than Minister of Commerce, because the problem with Minister of Com Commerce is Repunch. every... This is the problem with agendas in general, is they don't come out on round one. Right. And they come out at the end of every round. So they all have like such a small, a much smaller window to be exciting or effective. And you have to kind of have them all geared, imagining that they're going to come out, you know, there's the round two version of this, but then there's also the, when it comes out around five and a lot of round five agendas are meaningless, right? Because it's just like, it's too late. There's nothing else so to do. If we had all the ministers geared in such a way as to where, we're thinking about them as if it's the last round. Right. How do we make sure this is useful even on the last round? Minister of Commerce, I think, would be discard this from play and gain, you know, a trade good for every neighbor that you right. have. So right. you get five trade goods. Like, that's cool. But you have to do a little something to get it. I right. don't know. Right. Even if it's two per, it might be. I mean, that's 10 bucks or whatever. I don't know. It's it's <clears throat> it, it could be flexible. But yeah, I, I, I would, think I, I especially just like the idea that all these ministers should be functional in a final round scenario they should be yeah. worth getting in that round four agenda phase yeah that's that's what we'd like to see uh, we just don't want to see any agendas that are you know boring yeah um and and not useful the honestly matt the fix i have for minister of commerce is um refresh your commodities and then gain one for right. every neighbor so right. you get commodities and you get like five trade goods. Right. That's right. that's a pretty good deal. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, next up is the, I would say, the most special case we have here, which is just wormhole research just feels really awful, especially for go. Like, it just feels like this nasty, nasty thing uh, in that mm -hmm. deck. There's a few that are like kind of nasty. And so this is even one I could be talked out of. But I just like I, I truly groan so hard every time every single time wormhole research comes out and that's yeah. the one where for each player who has one or more ships in a system that contains a wormhole may research one technology then destroy all ships in systems that contain an alpha or beta wormhole this is a ghost killer ghost will just be out of the game when this goes for and the against each player that voted against removes one command token from their command sheet and returns it to their reinforcements that's like okay we can make that happen and get away from it but the whole thing just still feels uh awful so 
I basically would love to just see the four more or less changed to not necessarily destroying all ships, just like some destroy one ship even in every wormhole is still a lot of stuff, don't you think? For one right. one tech, like to still kill uh one ship in uh, a ton of systems, which for some places that's also still just gonna it could be one non fighter ship even if you wanted to like keep it a little costly but not like completely truly devastate someone's whole entire game i don't know it, right it, it feels too rich to me especially because the whole thing with ghosts is like trying to put more wormholes on the map but like you really do want to be occupying them the whole thing is you need to start your activation in a wormhole so that you get the bonus movement from slipstream and so it's just like it just feels truly nasty for this to come out and just be a death knell for them there are other death knell agendas that we're not uh freaking out about as much but i think this is the worst offender and the one deserving of of a new a approach yeah, there's also the against of wormhole reconstruction, right. which is that each player places a command token from the, their reinforcements in each system that contains a wormhole. That's right. all wormholes, including yeah. um, you know the one that's in uh, Ghost Home System. That and should one, probably one just be ships. alphas and betas, basically. Like if you want to yeah. lessen, it's like these things that just completely destroy Ghost's game. It feels way more unfair than anything else in this agenda deck that it ever throws at you. So maybe both of those need slight changes to just like not crush our little ghost friends as bad because that's almost the only thing keeping ghosts from being like a decently reliable like middle tier faction right they're kind of a middle tier faction with this thing that throws them in the dumpster every once in a while <laughs> and uh right that never feels any good for the person playing ghosts yeah and it's just not fun even from the perspective of like watching a game yeah, for yeah. one player to be completely dumpstered because of an agenda and the fact that these agendas are geared specifically to mess up one player in particular yep. means that it's quite likely that the other five will be like, it's not impressive. You know what I mean? It's not right, like, right. Oh wow. They, they really, they really figured this one out. It's like, no, this is, this is how yeah. this vote should it, probably go almost all the time. It usually takes a force of will for the players to be kind enough to not do it to ghosts, right? Like, it's like, well, we all accept that we're being inefficient here, but let's throw our ghost friend a bone or whatever is how it always yeah. feels. If it doesn't hurt the ghost is like, Hey, you're welcome. We didn't do that, which just like, isn't sh how it should feel. I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely something that should be looked at. I don't know what the alternatives could be because yeah. honestly, it's hard to come up with agenda stuff for wormholes that makes sense. To be honest, like it's kind of weird thema thematically that the, you know, there would even be agendas having to do with wormholes. Right. Like, I, it's I a whole new the, development basically in the, in, in yeah. our world. Yeah. It, it's weird that people would just be able to vote and then change stuff about wormholes. Like I know the ghosts are able to generate wormholes. So there's definitely technology has, right. has gotten involved with the wormholes. But my, <laughs> my understanding of the TI and, you know, Absol don't hesitate to correct me. Um, my understanding of the TI universe is that the ghosts are like mysterious. Yeah. And the things they can do with wormholes are not widely available to everyone <laughs> in the galaxy. So it's weird that it's like, let's have a political meeting to decide what to do with them. It's like, yeah. what do they, do we even understand them widely? Right. Um, so I don't know. I think that, I think there could be, there could be a happy medium or, you know, maybe codex four also is like, let's just throw some out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's codex just, four let's just toss has, a handful. Uh, toss these. They're, they're not good. You know, <laughs> they're just not good. 
Uh, so the next on our list of things that need changes are, of course, the... Uh, I guess we only found three that apply to this, and I thought it was way more. But anything that says no effect uh, as the against is dumb and bad and is, yeah. is not fun or interesting at all. Uh, Ixthian, yep. of course, could stand to have an against that mattered. Uh because right. it's nothing more boring than like avoiding the roll of the dice to just like now the problem with Ixthian is the the four is so wordy that you don't have a lot of space for an against but right. i don't know even just something would just be great everyone loses three trade goods or whatever like well, just some sort of cost i have an idea i have a i have a really cool idea for Ixthian actually let me let me throw this out at you what if there was no against <laughs> it's okay so, so when Ixian comes out, there's no vote. That just happens. There's no, there's no, you don't do anything. It's just, an, event do it's just, it's an, just event an event. Deck. It's just an event. It's like if Ixian comes out, Ixian happens. Uh -huh. Instantly, we just resolve Ixian, and that's just a surprise that could be in the agenda. <laughs> and, it, and thematically, it could be sort of like what's happened is the speaker has revealed. Uh, we found it, yeah. and then and then we have to resolve it. You know, it's not it's nothing to vote on because why would we vote on it? The, the artifact has been discovered. It will do with us as yeah. it pleases. Wow, that's funny. That that's funny. Okay, reduce the the quantity of cards in the agenda deck, but throw in more events in the. There's sometimes yep. you don't vote on anything, and it's just a horrible, crazy thing <laughs> happens. So give me five of those, five nukes to drop just inside of it that are just events. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the other like two are uh, regulated conscription, which is uh, for when a player produces units, they produce only one fighter or infantry for its cost instead of two, which is already like a hard one to pat. Like, why would it? Who's it's so rare for people to go for that one because uh, it, it, it just takes like, I don't know, the weakest factions deciding to go. For, it, it only benefits the leaders, actually. Like if people have already built all their stuff, they're like, cool, I get to pass this. And then everyone else is screwed. And it's just win more for them, right? Like they just crush right. everybody now. That's not interesting. So uh, and there's plenty. I'm looking at it. Plenty of room on that one. That's not an Ixthian yeah. problem. We got room yeah. for an against and we just chose not to do one. So yeah, it, uh, it literally feels like they just ran out of gas that day <laughs> and they were like, I can't think of an against for this one. How about it just has no against? And that's not good enough. Uh -huh. We're dedicating our lives to this product, Fantasy Flight Games. I want there to be an against and it should be good. And no, I do not have a suggestion. Nope. You have to do that one. Yep. That one's not for free. Uh, the next one is New Constitution, uh, which is the one where, as long as there are laws in play, the four is to discard all laws from play. Uh, at the start of the next strategy phase, each player exhausts each planet in their home system, and the against is no effect. I don't know why it's discard all laws from play, and then everyone... Ex I don't know why that's not the against. Like, why isn't it four, discard all laws from play? Something a lot of people might be drastically opposed to, but some people really, really, really want to keep around because they have these nice, juicy ministers or whatever... And then the against is like, or get cost something. Like, it could literally be as simple as that. There's not a lot of room on this uh, card, but I just don't know why the four is so complicated uh, when yeah. to then just have no, for, for there to be no effect <laughs> on the against. I have a suggestion for new constitution. Mm -hmm. What if there is no against? <laughs> it's just that sometimes all the laws get thrown out. Yeah. Like, it's literally, we just event. unfold, uh-oh, there's a new constitution now. Get all these laws out of here. Like, that just you know makes what? sense to me. We have a next point to make 
And I think what you've just introduced, Hunter, is a solution for our next point. And our next point is we wanted to throw out if ever an agenda is revealed and the players can instantly see there is only one option. Yeah. Uh, that sucks, right? Rider City is is no good. It, it it's feels stupid. it's it's stupid that that should be allowed to happen. That that riders should just get to get cashed in on it. It's kind of like a moment in the game, and it has sort of a, a a weird place. But it's only because of just like really stupid things that happen in the game. Right. What if instead those cards turned into events? And it's there isn't voting because yeah. obviously we're not yeah. going to vote. You don't get to just do riders on it, but it will still happen. Those things happen. Right. You just don't vote on them. Yeah. So what? So what is the card that triggers Rider City? What is that? Uh, there's card? multiple. It's... So there's there's classified document leaks when there's only one right. secret objective out. That, that one, one doesn't do happen it. as often as the other one though. The uh -huh. other one well, is like people way more score often. secret objectives, right? Yeah. The main one is the one that is very similar to New Constitution, which miscount is where disclosed. miscount disclosed vote on one of the available agendas to re-vote on. It's already a complicated agenda, anyways, but made more annoying by the fact that sometimes there is only one. It's very common for there to be only one law in play, and yeah. instead of voting on that law and then redoing it, what if we just instantly resolved it and that happened and nobody got to play writers? Yeah, so what if there's there's so there's directives, there's laws, and then there's like events. events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and an event would like miscount disclosed would be an event and perhaps the rules are of events are you resolve the text on the card, but you don't go through the when an the agenda motions. is revealed or or afters. Yeah. No whens, no afters, just do this. Right. So with miscount disclosed, you actually would do an election, you would elect a law yeah. uh, and then vote on it, but you wouldn't do you wouldn't be able to veto it, yep. and you wouldn't be able to do uh, any riders on it. I yep. like that. That's fair. Um, so this has all been good. Nice, light touch stuff. I still want to tell you what I would do just to the agenda phase altogether. This is just like a, this is this is the spark of an idea, not a fully formed thing. Okay, but yeah, yeah. If, this if is going to be good. I can if, feel it. If I could properly codex uh, all of the agendas or whatever... Here's, here's what I would do. First off, I'm already into this event idea. Make it to where there's three types of cards that come up in the agenda phase. Events, laws, directives. Keep a lot of the stuff that's in this agenda deck. Maybe call it a little bit, but all of the agendas use, use these mini cards, and we run into a ton of issues because of these mini little cards. When we could have bigger cards, we can have like North American playing card-sized cards. We already have that with uh, one of the previous codexes introduce those like alliance cards and those are actually i believe bigger or no no no, sorry not those but the um the cards that are like the list of all of the starting units and all oh, that yeah, stuff. yeah yeah those yeah. cards are supposed to be printed on full-sized cards so we've introduced the idea that full-size cards get to exist in twilight imperium and not only can we make more room for agenda text and and rework agendas all together just because we have a, an incentive to do this but we get to bring back the most important aspect of twilight imperium that was lost in fourth edition which is flavor text on agendas we need big agendas so that there's lots and lots of room for flavor text so for when flavor. you read yeah. articles of war you also get a fun little quote you get to say we put quotes on action cards that nobody ever reads out loud because an action card happens too fast and all the attention isn't yeah. on you when you play it but an agenda everyone shuts up and the speaker says what the thing is and that is the perfect opportunity for a person to say i call to counsel the people of this great nation to say i want to do this thing i miss that so much and it was the best part of third edition yeah 
I mean, political intrigue in general maybe should kind of start creeping its way <laughs> back into, you know, I, I want to have a little handful of representatives. I and do I not want a, that, but okay. That, okay, but it could be good. It could, what if there's it a was way to, good this yeah, time? Yeah, what if it was good, though? But what if it, Here's the two things left. Here's, here's if we want to get a little bit ahead of ourselves and talk about, you know, Dane's mission, and he didn't say this, but I'm saying it, and it's probably true. It is true. Was to take the messy, messy Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition and turn it into a curated experience. Yep. To cook it as, as a, to, to Gordon Ramsay it <laughs> and say that this, this is the approved chef's kiss way of uh -huh. consuming the Twilight Imperium product. Political intrigue is just out there and it's just sitting there. If you don't remember what political intrigue is or if you didn't play 3rd Edition... It was a bad way to do agendas. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it it was a lot and I think that it could be I think I think we should look at it uh -huh. and we should figure out how to kind of bring it into the fold in a smart way. And the other thing is mercenaries. Right. And those could be These, tied together. We're talking about two mechanics together. that are just yeah. more people and more characters in the world that can be mm -hmm. applied to a neutral party timing right agendas are a yeah. neutral we all come to a meeting mm -hmm. why can't mercenaries be hanging out there at the galactic council you're telling me there aren't just mercenaries hanging out trying to sell their services to all of the people that have showed up to do random political stuff of course there's mercenaries yeah. hanging out at the galactic council so why not right i think right. the entire agenda phase could basically be rewritten because we already do all these like ridiculous processes right we do when an agenda is revealed, after like we could codify all of that and make the agenda phase feel more like a place of decorum, right? Like yeah. we, we already do yeah. that. And I don't see any reason not to codify it. Not to, I'm sorry, codexify? Codexify is what you mean? it. <laughs> we could codexify this, okay? And I think that's what we should do. Um, listen, Dane, if you're listening, uh, give us Codex 4 and put all this stuff in it. Yep. All right, it's easy. Just Thank do you. it. It's, listen, and if you work for Fantasy Flight, if you happen to be Dane's boss, just seriously all you got to do this is all you got to do you, you look at all these ideas that yep. we just said okay um you write them down okay put them in the game yep give us five million dollars <laughs> okay that's all it's just it's, it's just a consulting fee listen, it's listen. just a consulting it's fee. Just a, you know, no you know you're making that money back i mean these things sell <laughs> i mean these codexes they sell baby games right? enter i'm talking to you yeah, Games Enter is going to be making money hand over fist. I mean, you know, Twilight Imperium, Disney is talking about buying it. They want a <laughs> slice of the pie, okay? And by I, by Disney talking about it, I talked about it on the episode with uh, Christian T. Peterson. Um, <laughs> but I've heard it. It's rumors. Uh -huh. People are talking. People are uh -huh. saying. People are saying, okay? People, are, people saying. are saying. Well, people are saying I should thank the Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Kalu, and Jadim Jedi, Carnal, John, Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Old Man GI, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, RYs, Ryan, Salty McScrub, Spirit Thing, and WH Chiz. And we gotta thank our mama's lovely larva, Patience is a Virtue, my son is also named Bort, Nerf, Zerg, Baldrick, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Rekka, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Vince. Yeah. Okay. Galactic Council. I have an exciting option for you. Uh, so we have another Galactic Council episode coming up uh, next week. Yep. Uh, we gave you two for December. It's your little your little holiday gift. Um, next month is January 2023. Um, whoa, that feels weird. Uh, 
But <laughs> here you go. I wanted to do something a little bit obvious, but a little interesting. We um, have done some some strategy guides in the back half of this year. We did Calera's when Calera's was introduced, and then we did strategy guides for each of the factions that got major changes in Codex 3. Yep. That was Yin, that was Nalu, that was Extra. We've done all those. That's all done. It's been a little while since we focused on a guide, and there is no real direction that we need to go. That that logically makes sense. Right. Okay? Right. I just want to know from the audience, what faction do you want a guide on? Right. So the poll is... Just a list of every single faction. Twenty-one those four. options. A Twenty-one, 21 option options. <laughs> okay, you get one vote. Okay. If, what we haven't checked is if Patreon definitely lets us do twenty-one option polls or not. If it doesn't, we haven't. Checked we will do that. a tournament. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we might have to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we probably should check that before we record the episode. But yeah, no, it probably does. Okay. <laughs> And if it doesn't, we have you'll see in the thing that there's some sort of option that's yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really appreciate the Galactic Council. And yeah, get in your vote. Uh, I want to know what faction you just want to hear about right now. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Just your heart's desire. Let's see it. What yeah. faction is it? And you can rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else. And you can tell me what your favorite faction is. Tell me which one of yeah. those is your favorite and give me a five-star rating. And I'm g I'll am count it as a vote. I, I won't remember to count it when it matters. But in the moment, I'll look at it and be like, hey, that's a vote for that faction. How great is that? Uh, you can also go to our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, for information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, and our merch. And I'll say this again. Keep an eye on if you're in Portland in March. Keep your calendar open. Hey, uh, just like keep thinking about that and how much you want to come hang out with Space Cats Peace Turtles mm -hmm. in Portland in March. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe that's something that. you want to do. Uh, yeah, it's it's awkward here. This kind of position we're in where we're like ready to announce something, but we just need to hear back from a guy. <laughs> We'll be we'll, we'll be in touch. We're though, like we're know? like definitely doing something as long as just like as long as Jerry's cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can also send this Imperium life stories to spacecatspeacetrolls at gmail .com. That's a play of the week segment we do at the end of these episodes every once in a while. Not today though. I have got to get my butt over to a root root with bot bot stream. And if you, you haven't been checking those it. out. Uh, generally 8.30 Central Standard Time on Tuesdays. Root is on the Space Cats Peace Turtles channel. Uh, I, I said Root, Bot Bot. Bot is playing Root on Root Root with Bot Bot over on Space yeah. Cats Peace Turtles. So you no, should no, come no. check Bot that out. Is, Bot is playing Root Root on Root Root with Bot Bot. <laughs> or what? No, sorry. It's that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know what is weird, Matt? Huh. Is I'm looking at the time. Yeah. And you just said, oh, I got to... So this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. When does this episode come out? Because so, Hunter, I left out details, but it's weird for you to put me on blast because yes, I do also have to edit this episode and put it out immediately and eat dinner. And I have two hours. That's or actually I have an hour and a half to edit this episode, eat dinner, and then go on Root Root with Bot Bot. There. Did you need those details? Hunter, I do just, you need to know where the characters go to the bathroom in the movies Matt, you watch? I just, no, I, but I just want to say, I think this is the closest 
from recording to episode ears that we've ever done right like well no there's been times where we were like literally late and we recorded and i edited and released within 45 minutes of us recording that's definitely well that i mean i just think it's nice that the listener's gonna hear this and the mics are still gonna be hot you know what i mean like they won't have even cooled down from those mics are gonna be hot by the time this even gets to your eardrop i'm excited about that. as hot as your ears are listening is as hot as our mics are from our our warm breath so that, that's oh, us yeah, yeah. that's us breathing in your ear right now yeah <sighs> thank you for listening to space cats peace turtles and thanks to ben prunty for the use of his music you can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com pax magnifica bellum gloriosum also will be when we reveal the slices and draft for the qualifiers so you can start getting your practice games in yeah so also though matt Mm. we've got to announce that on december 17th we're closing the signups but we're also going to be revealing the slices and the draft i said that you did say that i did say that (laughs) did you say that i I said that sorry i got like a message on discord while you were talking, so I didn't really listen to what you were saying. We both do this. So. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. You did say that. I, 1,000%. Are you sure you said let, let me say it. All right. Cut this part put me in there saying, you gotta see the slices reveal and draft oh, yeah, reveal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you.